0: Hey y'all, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple podcast. I am so excited to dive into our topic today. We're going to talk about keeping what you want. That's what I've titled this episode. And really, it's about decluttering. But we've used that title before, we've used the title of the method that our amazing guest um, helps her clients achieve. And so I really feel like we focused a lot in this episode not only on decluttering but also making sure that what we keep in our homes and in our spaces is what we really love. And I think that's one of the qualities that I really, really, really love about how Kristen um, outlines this topic. So on the show today, I've got Kristen Ivey, who is a professional organizer dedicated to teaching busy families, professionals, and creative entrepreneurs how to let go of stuff and attract a truly abundant life. She is the founder of For the Love of Tidy, and she has over 1,000 hours of tidying experience, which has gotten her featured on Good Morning America, Bloomberg, HuffPost, and a whole list of other places. Kristen also co-hosts her own weekly podcast called Spark Joy, which celebrates the transformative power that comes from surrounding yourself with joy. And she's also the number one best-selling author on Amazon of the Tidy Home Journal and regularly chats about clutter with packed audiences. And I can tell you that her journal has been hugely helpful in my summer goal of decluttering. So I can't recommend that enough, and we will link to it in the show notes. So I asked Kristen here to talk about this subject. I feel like it's something that we've been talking about a lot on the podcast, decluttering, over the years. It's a topic that comes up over and over and over again. And Kristen happens to be one of Marie Kondo's. Um, She happens to be trained in her philosophy. And I think that that episode that I recorded once with a friend, we were just chatting about how we both read the book and implemented all the things in the book and what what we found was easy and what we found was hard. And it was just really a conversation like, you know, she doesn't even do this for a living, but I, I wanted someone to just banter with about this topic. And it was one of our most downloaded episodes. So I'm pretty sure that this topic really resonates with you all. And also in Flow 365, um, on my program, we this summer in our groups have really done a lot of talking about decluttering. I feel like in this pandemic time, decluttering has been something that's been really important to people. It's something that maybe we've had a little bit more time for as we haven't been traveling as much. And so I thought this would be a really good resource for you as we head into this last month of summer and we're thinking about how to really set ourselves up for the fall maybe in a more decluttered way so I hope that that really serves you I know this is work that I'm really doing right now Um, so I know it's serving me and if it's serving me I really hope that it will also serve you so stay tuned as well because talk about fall we have a really exciting challenge that's going to come up in a couple weeks on next week's episode I will make sure to give you the link where you can go sign up, Um, but it's gonna be in about three weeks and we are gonna spend a week really making a plan for our fall and really gracefully transitioning from summer into fall. We're gonna do this maybe a little bit before some of your falls have started. Maybe it's the beginning of some of your falls, but everything is a little out of whack right now with some going back to school, some not going back to school. A lot of us are still at home and so I really wanna take this time to put some of the pieces into place that will really help us make this transition feel good and spark joy, just like what we're going to do by decluttering. All right, so stay tuned for that. If you want the emails about it, even in advance of next week's podcast, just make sure that you're on our mailing list and you can do that by going to plansimple.com and really signing up for any download you want. And if you already get our emails, then just make sure you open that one. Um, It's going to be a free 5 day planathon where I show up live every day. We're going to hop on a Zoom call together and we're really going to... You know, workshop your plan a little bit each day um, so that by the end of the week, you have a framework for your fall. And I'm super excited about this. So make sure to check that out. So with no further ado, let's get Kristen Ivy on the show. And now that I've said that, actually, I want to say one more thing about Kristen. So this talk with Kristen is from The Art of 90 Days. This is from our Event that we ran with almost 30 speakers where we dove into their area of expertise and how to really make an impact in that area in the course of a 90 day period, which is the period that I'm super passionate about planning for. So, this talk is from that. What I've done is I've chosen five of the talks that I think would really resonate with you. They were the ones that got a lot of comments, got a lot of watches, and I really want. Um, And I just think they're really relevant topics for right now, and I wanted you to see them. And what I'm offering you today is a part of this conversation. So I'm giving you my conversation with her. Now, in the actual event... We then go in afterwards and really break down what some doable changes are, um, how you could implement this into your 90 days, what your next step might be, what the whole 90 day might be if this is a goal. Um, and if you're interested in hearing the rest of the talks, um, in upgrading to even hear more information about this topic, we I will link in the show notes to a way that you can um, upgrade and get access to all of this content uh, right now. And it's really an exciting time to check it out. You do have to purchase it now. Um, And in August, I'm going to be offering three live calls related to this purchase um, so that we can give you some accountability for doing some of this work. So if any of the content resonates with you and you want some extra accountability in the month of August, you can go grab that Um, right now, this week, even though, um, you know, you're just going to love it. Just go check it out. And if this resonates with you, go grab it. And then you can get some accountability around actually doing some of this work, actually making a 90-day plan, and this wasn't something I was really planning on offering, um, but it's it's so good, and I keep getting emails from people who are still listening to the talks, so I know that even though it's not live right now, it's still very, very relevant, so go check out the Art of 90 Days um, The show notes. You can click on that. You can see how you can grab your copy if that resonates with you, and you can get access to these three calls that will be happening throughout the month of August. All right, now with no further ado, let's get Kristen on the show. Um, Kirsten, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here and to really tap your mind for everyone who's here and wanting just to figure out how having a side hustle having a business fits into this whole game of motherhood and wellness and all the things because I think that's one of the most important lessons in this event
1: yeah I'm so happy to be here thanks for asking me this is my my favorite thing to talk about I think I was maybe the birth of children was also the birth of the side hustle for me and entrepreneurship so they really go hand in hand so I could talk about this all day every day I think you know that about me which is why I'm here (laughs)
0: All right, so let's let's start by like I think one of the things that can really trip us up are two like can be in either of two areas. One, we feel like if we're gonna be in this whole motherhood thing in the way that we dreamt of since we were little, that we need to be all in, and you know we look around us at the perfect mom, and that we need to really be. That and we forget like our own, um, like what we have to offer or we've put it on hold, right? Mm -hmm. For the amount that we think will be motherhood. Um, The other thing is, is that we definitely have people who are already entrepreneurs who are feeling like it's just really hard. Like they thought it would be balanced (laughs) and it's not feeling as balanced as, (laughs) as the promise seemed at the beginning. So I feel like those are the two things probably that most people are dealing with. So will you, I feel like you've been in both places almost. So will mm-hmm. you paint the picture a little bit for us of like why it's worth putting the time in and what it might look like a little bit on the other side?
1: Yeah. Cause I do feel like a lot of people who start the whole side hustle thing or want to earn extra money from home. There's really like a searching, right? Like from my perspective, it was, I've had children. I kind of checked that off my list, right? Like I had my first son and then I decided to go back to college because I was like, I'm not done learning. I'm not done growing. I'm not done living. And so there's this hunger to still have something that's yours, but also have this amazing opportunity to raise children. And so we all start on this because we feel that like urgency and that push. But so many people get halted pretty early on in the journey because they can't see the picture, right? Like the, paint, the picture I'm going to paint for you. And so it's really hard to keep progressing forward on this like total blind faith that all of these little efforts are going to pay off and we get stuck in the day to day of today was awful so this must be a bad idea today was hard so this must not be worth it but having been on the other side of it yeah let me paint the picture (laughs) because i definitely did all the things right like i you you know this about me i'm a serial entrepreneur i tried this i tried that we did e-commerce we've done online courses I've done direct sales, all the things that I think was in my wheelhouse to even potentially do. And it was an interesting thing for me because it really didn't matter what I was doing in the beginning. It was just, I, I feel this urgency and this need to do something. And I, and I think a lot of us resonate with that, that calling of like, I have so much to offer and I need to just do it. I just like need to get it out there. And so I did that and I had so much, and I, I still hate to say like, there's even times when I'm starting over a new project, when I forget all of the stuff on the other end and I do the whole same cycle. So you're normal for feeling doubt in your own dreams and that stalling of progress. But what happened on the other side, after really not very long when in you know in hindsight, it was only a few years, maybe two, maybe less that I went from, I'm going to become a millionaire to having made a million dollars and I moved at a very accelerated rate because I felt the need, this is so much my calling to show women that yes, it's going to be uncomfortable and yes, you're going to have to do things not everybody else is doing, otherwise everyone would have a million dollars, right? And came out really, really quickly on the other side, I think because it was so important for me to show that anybody can do it and it's worth it on the other side. So that was a long-winded way of saying, leading up to what was on the other side of that. You know we forget in these little moments of sacrifice and the time that we're spending building our business and doing things that are super hard and time consuming that we're actually it's like investing time for a future and that doesn't mean you let everything go and you stop raising your children and you stop taking care of yourself that that lesson kind of comes along the way but on the other end of that as i look back and i'm like there i can't even i can't even begin to count how many vacations and trips we've taken with our kids many growth experiences we've had as a family the moments um, 2017 the summer of 2017 we spent two months in Hawaii like as a family two months two whole months just going to the beach every day and I'm not a mom who sits on the beach and reads book I like swim in the water with my kids and to date that is still one of my most favorite memories we've gone to Europe with them we've gone to Mexico all over the globe and those moments only came because I was willing to hunker down and I was willing to let go of the norm and what was expected in motherhood and really my own expectations for motherhood, right? Like nobody's really showing up at our door saying, have you read to your children today? How much screen time have they had? Have you cooked them a good dinner? Like every day this week, nobody's going to come and check in on that. You have to follow your own compass. And we base a lot of that on what we're seeing other people do. And so there had to come times where I said, this is not right? And according to other people's terms, but this feels right for us right now. And on the other end of that was so much prosperity and so many amazing memories. And when I had them, would I look back and say, I wish I wouldn't have worked those long hours. I wish I wouldn't have had to work until one in the morning and been tired to show up for my kids, you know, this and that. No, I'm like, oh my gosh, all those sacrifices were worth it. So I think it's just understanding though, that if you keep staying in that zone of like, the, the start and stop that it just takes you longer to get to the point where you get to look back and say it was worth it. And a lot of us just do that. We go full speed and then er, pump the brakes because it's uncomfortable and it's not what I'm supposed to be doing. But yeah, on the other end of it, it's totally worth it.
0: Well, and what's super interesting that I just want to reflect back about that is first of all, if it's under two years, then that's roughly like seven 90 day cycles. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Also, you explained two months in Hawaii. So then that becomes kind of like a 90-day cycle of travel, right? So it's like, if we're breaking things down into 90-day cycles, like really, we can do anything for 90 days. And one of the reasons that I asked you here today is because um, I feel like I knew you or I first came into contact with you at the beginning of all Mm -hmm. this. And I really remember you saying like, I'm going to be a millionaire. And you were saying it from like, you know, a rental that clearly wasn't what you would be buying if you had a million dollars, you know, sort of struggling. You had little kids, like, you know, all the things were happening and yet you kept your vision on this thing. So let's, can we, let can we go like some, like to, I feel like maybe not like the first 90 days, like, like cycle of the hustle, but like, a, like, you know, and the second or the third or the fourth, like, what is that like, what are some of the things that we can do to, it sounds like maybe it starts with that vision, right? That Mm -hmm. has to be the thing that's pulling you forward. So we have this strong vision that's pulling us forward. And then what are some of the things that we can like logistically show up to, or is there a smart way to make a goal that will keep us going through those 90
1: days? Yeah. And I think it really ties you know, I've never done an official vision board, which is something I think is kind of funny because And i believe in them i think that they're a great way to get started with visualization but i think um that has to go to such a deeper level and that is actually it you know it is in those first 90 days maybe those first five days that you solidify your capacity to get through all the cycles that are going to have to come next because i remember in that very first cycle of 90 days having a friend who was already a millionaire, picking her brain and fully immersing myself in what that life was going to feel like, look like, smell like, taste like, all of the things, right? I imagined myself buying off the rack without looking at a price tag. I imagined myself going to a restaurant and ordering what I wanted to eat and not based on the price of the food. And it became so real to me. And so a lot of times your actions will begin to start based on how real that concept is to you that you are capable of achieving. So if that is just a fanciful thing that you're putting in the distant future, you're immediately creating this barrier of time. You're saying it's gonna take a while to get there. I have to go through, you know, and and even people watching basing it on my time cycle and saying, okay, so it took Kirsten two years to get that. So what did my two years need to look like? Instead of saying, I don't know how long it needs to take, but I'm gonna get there and I'm gonna pretend it's already here today. And I have to practice that over and over. Just the other day I was trying to make a decision about Facebook ads and like where I should allocate money. And I had the thought if you already had the results from this campaign in your pocket right now, how would you approach this? And I think it all boils down to if you already were there, how would you be behaving? What are the actions you'd be taking day to day? And so 90, 180, let's see, how good am I at math? 270 days in, how what are my actions they should still be supporting that vision that i set in the very first week right if a successful person who's making a million dollars wakes up at a certain hour every day so that they can get everything accomplished and still show up for their family those are the things that i should be doing right if somebody who's making a million dollars has scaled their business then i should be looking forward to things that i plan to do in six to nine months so that i'm preparing right now for my business to reach that point so getting even more specific than that, I've always been a big proponent of reverse engineering the goal. So for me, from the very beginning, I knew how much I needed to make in one month for it to equate to an annual salary of a million dollars. So my eye was on this $83,000 monthly goal for a really long time. And so when it finally happened, when it came, it wasn't this, oh, I can't believe I just made that much money. It was like, okay, now here we are. Now, where are we going next? So I know that was like a loaded answer, but I think I can't tell people like the specific action steps to take to reach those goals, right? Because it should be intuitive and it should be different for you depending on what the goal is. But if you have a really firm grasp on the vision of what you're trying to reach, you just work backwards and you say, if this is who I'm trying to become, then who do I need to be today to reach that? What are the habits that I need to form right now? And the faster you adapt those habits, for me, it was giving up TV and reading a ton of books and writing things down and affirming my goals and taking better care of myself you know like mentally and really showing up when i developed those habits that's why things happened as quickly as they did for us and it didn't mean that it wasn't hard you know i remember a year in it was like we have no money this isn't working but right around the corner we kept the habits going instead of saying okay we need to retreat and go back to all the dumb things we used to do with our time we kept showing up and pushing and pushing and it was just so much closer than we could have anticipated That everything just exploded in a good way. So, is that specific enough?
0: (laughs) No, totally. Well, I love all the habits that you just like read off. I mean, I think all those are so great because my next question was going to be, well, like, how did you figure out? You know, and it sounded like you had a great conversation with someone who'd already gotten there. But Mm -hmm. like, how do you figure? How did you figure out what it was like to be that person if you didn't know yet? Um, But it sounds like it's research and reading and speaking to the right people and all those things.
1: Yeah. And it's surrounding yourself with the people you want to be the most like. And so it's not like you say, okay, friends, I can't hang out with you anymore because you're all losers and you're not, living the. you don't have as much money as I want to have. It's not that, but it's a matter of just, yeah, surrounding yourself with like-minded people and people who have already reached the level of success that you're striving to reach. And, you know, there are very few examples of the entrepreneur mom out there, there's people who either build the income and then they have children or the people who have children and they put them in daycare and they like kind of stop momming while they build the business. There's not a lot of people out there standing as, as an example of how to do both and how to not hate yourself while you're doing it. You know, people might be doing both, but there's so much, and I've experienced, experienced this personally, so much shaming that we do to ourselves. I don't care what anyone else says or how they judge the way I do life. It's, I'm usually my harshest critic. Of what that looks like so that was actually really hard to navigate and probably took longer than it needed to for me to be okay and i still struggle with it like it's still something that i have to daily remind myself are your children fed are they nurtured do you love them do you read to them i'm homeschooling them and even still i'm like i'm not doing enough i'm not doing enough for my kids they're going to resent this time of their lives and that's just a stupid little voice that brings it back because you know, if I, if I succeed at what I'm going to do, then obviously I'm going to make a big impact. So there's so much that's going to push us away from that. So, and what do you feel like, what do you, so you, you mentioned that like, it was a year in
0: and you like, you know, hadn't gotten close to your your goal yet so what do you feel like the big milestones are as you're heading toward that goal like how do you
1: measure when you're not seeing the result quite yet that you want does that make sense like yeah and i think that's actually one of the most asked questions when people have come to me wanting their own thing to be successful and i think it's hard because it's it's very much like your own it's your own anchor right it's it's kind of it's being really self-aware honestly because you can the experts will tell you just keep going just keep doing it keep doing it over and over and over again until you see results but if you're doing the wrong things over and over again and we see this a lot right i think that's one of the fears i've had is like i don't want to be one of those people who's just trying to show up all the time but nothing's actually happening and i'm actually you know going backwards and i look like an idiot that's a that's a fear i think a lot of us have when we're putting ourselves out there and so i've tried to be really conscientious and i've noticed that it really doesn't boil down to the what you're doing it's the how and why you're doing it and so for us it was and it's really being true to what you need to do and not just following like a prescribed set of rules and and guidelines in business because you know when i did direct sales and i was coaching women to sell makeup and i was teaching them how to build successful businesses they could follow my exact steps to the t and not have the same results i was having because they weren't letting their own intuition guide what they needed to do if i'm telling you show up on a live video once a week and do this and this and this, but they're really bad on live video, but they're phenomenal writers and they could be blogging and creating amazing SEO to their website. That's what they should be doing. And so I think it's checking yourself both against kind of industry standard and checking yourself against whether you're being authentic and showing up in the way that you know that you're meant to show up. I think some of, I guess maybe know that it's normal. If you hit a point where you're like, I feel like I'm at rock bottom. and I feel like this is never going to work when you get to that point, you are so close, you know, it's what's that book, like six feet from gold or 20 feet from gold or something like that. I can't remember the name of it. You don't comprehend that every single little fail, every single moment that it's not clicking is just a lesson to teach you what is going to work. So yeah, I got there really quick because I was willing to fail fast. The faster you're willing to try things and, and check it off the list of this works or this doesn't work, the faster you're going to hit the success. So does that make sense? Yeah, I love that. And something
0: that I observed in you and I feel like I observe in successful people out there is so I love that you talked about just really tapping into your superpowers to figure out. Cause I mean, the thing that we do have to, sh- we do have to show up, we can't be mm-hmm. invisible and yeah. get toward that business goal most likely, yeah. which was a big realization actually for me. But <laughs> like, yeah. I think that was like the thing that I wanted to do. Like I was like, okay, I'll do all this thought work or whatever, but you do have to like show up and market yourself in some capacity. Yeah. And when you, first started you were big on what I don't even know if it still exists periscope right yeah you could tell that that was like your thing like you know what I mean like you could tell that like you were enjoying doing that with your kids on the steps like in your business in all the different places um but do you and today actually you know within this event there's going to be so many different ideas of things that people could move forward with and so I'm feeling like one of the things is, is like, you need to understand what your thing is Mm -hmm. and really almost dive into that one thing at a time and test it out. Like, I, I feel like that's what I've observed in what you're doing. So it's not like you're trying
1: all the things at once. Right. A little bit. Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes, And those are not happy times. Those, those are, those are, um, really, they're very telling times because I do get pulled in a lot of directions and I have a lot of shiny object syndrome, but I always, now when I feel that and I see myself going all over the place, I'm like, what am I supposed to learn right now? What is the constant theme that I'm seeing in everything that I'm learning? Why am I wanting to read these books? What does my heart need? What does my mind need? Why am I being fed in this way? Why do I feel like I need to learn all the techie stuff right now? And there's times, you know, recently I was learning Facebook ads And I was super frustrated. I'm like, this is so annoying. I hate learning this. I just need to pay somebody to do it. But I kept going because I was like, I don't walk away from a problem. I wanna learn how to do it because I had already paid people and things hadn't turned out the way I'd hoped. And I felt like I needed to understand it. So I leaned into that season of learning, which is also very essential. And you have to give yourself time in these 90 day cycles to learn and not feel like you need to take immediate action on it, which is hard for me to even say because I'm such an action taker. But anyway, going through this period of discomfort with learning something, I was so mad and I was, you know, slamming the computer down here and there. And not very long after, just a couple weeks, I realized, oh my gosh, I gained a skill. I gained knowledge that I needed. And I had to be in a phase of putting everything to the side so I could learn this skill because it just opened 15 new doors for me on how I'm going to be a successful entrepreneur. So um, I think that it's being really, really intuitive with the learning phases and the action phases. And yes, you're gonna be in moments of time where you're like, I wanna try all the candies because they're so good. But even within that craziness, having the focus to say, why am I feeling like this? Am I avoiding? Am I avoiding doing the work that needs to be done? Or is this essential to my progress? And I think that's that's what I mean by being self-aware too. It's being honest with yourself of, I've had a lot of people come to me and say, I've done everything I can possibly do to be successful. And in a five-minute conversation, they are admitting to me ways that they held back, things that they didn't want to do, things that they weren't willing to try. And I'm like, you can come back to me after you've actually done everything you can do, and then we can evaluate your results. But most people don't even go there. They, they do a little bit. They scrape off the frosting, but they're not willing to dive into the cake.
0: Okay. So can we unpack that a little bit? Because
1: yeah. I feel like there's probably people
0: listening who are like, that's great. Like you're intuitive, you're self-aware, but maybe I'm not feeling that I'm that way. And I yeah. personally believe everyone's that way. So let's unpack a little bit with like, like what are some of the things that you might do on a daily basis or some milestones that you, um, make sure are always part of your week or your month or whatever that you can be this self-aware. Like, do you feel like you just are, or are there things that you actually do that help you to like? Because it it sounds like you can e- even you can get into like a crazy shiny object syndrome, and then you have to like step back. So, can you explain a little bit what that that yeah. looks
1: like? I think probably inherently, I'm annoyingly self-aware, and in some ways, you don't want to have it hold back your ability to just go right. There's times where you can look too much at the analytics and say, oh, well, this, these things aren't getting, I mean, social media is a great example, right? I put myself out there. I did all the things and it didn't have the reach that I had hoped. So I must not be good at this. And that's different than the self-awareness of, am I, am I showing up though still? And social media was a huge lesson for me where I still tried to follow the structure and follow the rules as the way everybody, all the experts were saying to use it. Right. But the self-awareness came with Do I even want to watch my stuff? It's looking, it's kind of like evaluating your work from your own perspective and even from the perspective of your ideal audience. Am I, am I excited by what I'm creating? So it's not just like, am I showing up consistently? It's, do I feel it? Like, am I, am I connected to it? And I, so I think there's a portion of you that needs to look at the analytics and say, I've been putting out a live video every single week for a year and they're not growing. Why? Am I not using good hashtags? Am I not showing up on the right platform? Is this even where my people are? Your demographics, your analytics are free. They're available for you to look at with all of the content you put out. So that's important to look at, but then it's also, what is my content? Have I felt connected to people? Am I showing up because I'm supposed to show up or am I showing up because I can't not show up? Like I have to do these live videos. Are you doing it to check it off the list? Are you doing it because you can't live? without showing up for your people and you know, they're out there and you will show up whether one person tunes in or whether 50 tune in, but it's that blend, right? It's knowing like only one person has tuned in for a year. I must need to shift something and realign something. So it's kind of like, it's a combination of both. It's the, you know, it's the numbers and it's also the gut feeling of if you're showing up in your full authentic self. And yes, that does take a lot of time. And for me, a way that I've Feel like has helped me to reflect is to really write things down. I love going back and pulling those journals from 2016 and seeing like where my mind was at and what I was considering to be important and seeing how I've grown and then recognizing the patterns again today. You don't really see your patterns until you have hindsight and you pay attention to what those have been over time. So if you can start documenting You know, I saw something the other day was like using your period to determine whether you, where, where you should be, you know, the moon cycle, whether you should be creating, whether you should be going inward. And I was like, we can do that in 90 day periods too, right? Like we can look at our time and say in the winter time, I just really don't do well at creation. It is a time when I just for me and it's for my growth and it's for peace. And in the spring, like watch me roar. That's when I make the most videos. That's when I create the most content. In summertime, it is playtime. That's when I create community. That's when I have fun. So that was a, I'm giving you such long answers. I hope that's. (laughs) Well, and I'm thinking like, God, I didn't even pay her to say this because we have a whole session on moon cycles and we have
0: a whole session on why everyone should write it down. And I didn't even make her say that. So
1: (laughs) there you go.
0: (laughs) um, I love that. And what I think that it's been really actually interesting for me that in times when I can really tap into, like, because I feel like we all always want to share our best. We always want to connect with our audience. But in those times when I' felt so drawn, that's the time when like yes maybe i'll still be doing that consistent facebook live but i'll also remember that like i should tell you about it and Mm -hmm. i should tell somebody you know what i mean like in those times that you're really drawn i feel like those are the times when you'll do anything to get your word out and those are the habits that like end up building on each other
1: yes agree absolutely um which is which is so cool. All
0: right, is there anything else that we need to tell them? Let's think about balance, about showing up. Um, you have an
1: amazing resource we could we could see where that leads us. What's the resource that's below? So, it's Side Hustle Side Hustle Survival Guide. This is really created from years of the balancing game, right? Which sometimes I say exists. Sometimes I say it really doesn't exist because everybody's balance is going to look different. And so there's no universal law to what this balance looks like. And I really created this guide from a place of, okay, I've done it and I have regrets and I have moments that I wish wouldn't have happened, but I also wouldn't go and trade it because here's what I came out on the other end with. And so this really is just, it's kind of, it's a combination of mindfulness and also tactical things, because I think having a side hustle, there's, there's more to it than just like, I'm going to do this business. It's the way we achieve balance is having both sides, right? It's like, how can I make this actually a business where it's profitable? And how can I also have peace and family over on the other side, but you have to differentiate them. And so the guide really kind of walks you through being responsible on this end and also mindful on this end so that they can work together and they can exist together. It's having the peace with the profits. I love it. Um,
0: so do you have any little strategies for the profit piece that we might
1: integrate into our 90 day cycle? Yeah. Within that, or to tell you right now, to tell us right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yes, I feel like, well, there's, there's this, and this is in there, but this is such a step that people usually miss. And this is something my husband and I have focused on in business too, is, you have to you have to like know what the target is so that you can reach it. A lot of us are just throwing darts like, I hope I make money, I hope I make money. And it's getting super, super specific. For me, it was, I think, even still a little broad to say I'm going to become a millionaire, right? <laughs> but when I was alone and when I was stating that to myself, it was, I'm going to create a million dollar income so that I can do X, Y, Z, and I will do that by doing this. And so it's getting really specific with what the profitability looks like. And maybe in more of a mindsety way, like exceed, exceed whatever you think is possible because it's not a dream unless it's uncomfortable, unless it's something that you can only envision in a dream. Um, and so, but even like more of a tactical way is like, make sure that you're writing it down and you create that reverse engineered goal to know what that's going to look like. And then also be willing to let it go and understand that it may not come in your exact Excel spreadsheet format. But if you know the number here and you're doing the work from here, eventually somehow, I don't understand how, it's not a scientific equation, it is much bigger than that, then it all comes together and it does exceed your expectations and it does bless people because you've come at it from the right approach, but you've been responsible in setting the goal. Total personal question, but Do
0: you feel, because I always have this feeling that like with my big goals, I always envision that there's like this piece of glass and I'm like literally standing on this side, like one step away from that other side. And I just have this deep knowing that it's just like, it's not like I still have 10 years to get to my big goal, but like it is just that one step. So in like logical, like what happened, Did you feel like you went up like $2,000 a month or was it all of a sudden that like one month it was different because, and all these steps led
1: there? Yeah. And that's the thing is like, when I finally started making that kind of money, I want to, I want to say it was overnight. It was a year of work that led to just the glass shattering and me being like, this is not how I would have planned it on my spreadsheet. Right. I think sometimes it's linear, but linear. We limit ourselves by saying, okay, I have to scale from here to here to here that's what we try to teach right in education and we plan for and that's what my husband and I educate people on because you have to start somewhere but there will come a point where you have to you have to let go of that so the glass can shatter because it isn't it doesn't work in a linear way it's right there and it wants to come to you and I I like comparing it to like standing out in the rain with an umbrella and wondering why you're not getting wet because you have an umbrella put the umbrella down and it will drench you So if you're waiting for something and you think it has to come at the end of this yellow brick road, then you're, you know, like I said in the beginning, you're immediately creating a barrier between you and the thing that you have. You have to believe you already have it. You have to look through the glass and say, that's mine. I already have it. It's here and it will. And I can't explain to you how it will, but I I saw for myself that it did. Within a few months, I I went from making like $3,000 a month to $15,000 a month, and then it climbed and climbed and climbed until it hit that point where we had made over a million dollars. So I guess in some ways it did scale, but it was really, really fast, much more than I had comprehended that it would happen. And if I had stayed attached to the notion that it takes the average person five years, 10 years to become a millionaire, then I wouldn't have had it as fast as I did. Right. I love that. So, and then my, my last question is in all that, like in terms
0: of the kinds of goals you were having, but do you feel like the habits were more important or like the projects, like the, the bigger things were more
1: important, or do you think it was some balance of the two? Maybe a little balance of the two, but I was immediately inclined to say your habits because the things are always going to change, you know, like you can't be attached to, I'm going to make a million dollars doing email marketing. Um, and then, realize six months down the road that that was only a stepping stone to the real thing you're supposed to do. So yes, keep doing the tasks, but understand that it's more the intention behind it and treat everything like a stepping stone and not like the end all be all, because that's another way that you're going to limit yourself and stand on the other side of the glass, right? So I would say habits for sure, because circumstances always change, but your habits don't need to. I love it. Well, thank
0: you so much. I hope that this paves the path for everyone learning a lot and understanding like what they're going to take in. Um, And thank you so much for that free resource because I know it will be invaluable to everyone. So thank you. Absolutely. Happy to do it. Oh my gosh. I loved this episode. And at the end of every episode, we always share three doable changes so you can take what you've heard and put it into action. And I always record these after I've done the interview. And right now I am fighting a little bit with a lawnmower or some yard work that is happening outside at somebody else's house, but I am recording anyway because I've done this a few times and it needs to get done. So the three doable changes from this episode are as follows. Number one, think about your why. Before you start on going through your stuff, set aside time to think about why you are doing this why it's even important to you to declutter, get clear on your ideal lifestyle and living environment. Ask yourself, what do I love? How do I want my home to feel? How do I want it to look? What would my life be like if it were clutter free? And I can promise you because I've done this work and I love the way that Kristen worded it in this episode, But when we come from this place, it becomes so much less about this to-do list that feels like one chore after another. And it really feels like we are just taking action toward our dreams. And when we can start taking action toward our dreams, everything is so much better. So I love that doable change and I highly recommend it if decluttering is on your list of things to get done. Number two, schedule your tidying event. Commit to di- di- digging deep and doing the work in large chunks. Now, for me, when I first heard Kristen say this, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have like days and weeks. And, you know, I was thinking like a week for every item, but she said, think about a large chunk as three to five hours of tidying moments. And then that you need six of these three to five hour th- moments in your calendar And you plan for what you will tackle during each one. And of course, don't forget that she has a workbook. You can also go read um, The Comrie Method. You can look at the Netflix show or you can order the book. And the, the order that is recommended in that process is clothes, then books, then papers, then miscellaneous, and then sentimental. So I think what was recommended is that clothes, books, paper, and miscellaneous, those are the first four tidying events. And then the last two go toward that sentimental, which generally takes a little bit more time. But to me, I know five hours sounds like a long time, but to me, five hours was such a relief because I was thinking days. So six, five hour things, I can do that. I can schedule that in and imagine if I did that over the course of two or three months over a 90 day period every other weekend and I was done, I'm thinking about how much has just been weighing over my head all this time and how amazing it would just be to be done. So good. Okay doable change number three, work with what you can handle. If you've read the book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, you know that it suggests pulling everything that is in a category out at the same time. So for example, when you're doing your clothes, you take everything out of your closet, but you also might go to the basement and empty out a bin or go to your front hall closet and get all your coats. You're like trying to find all of your clothes. And Kristen really recommends, you know, working with what you can handle and really saving your energy for the decision making. So if getting all those things out in the same moment feels like it's going to be so tiring, then do it in the way that really resonates for you. Maybe you do all your underwear and then you do all your shirts um, and then you do all your pants, right? So do it in the way that you can handle it so you don't get too overwhelmed because Really, the magic of this process as she teaches it is to have the energy to make really heart based choices on what stays and what goes. Okay, so I'm so excited for everyone to do this work. Choose a doable change, lean into it, like really lean into it, and see what you come up with. And I promise the results will be amazing. And I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple podcast. And spoiler alert, if in this episode, we're thinking about what to get rid of and what to keep, in the next episode, we're going to be talking specifically about our wardrobes and maybe how we can build them in a really sustainable and minimal way. So I feel like we talk a lot about decluttering here, but the next episode is really going to be about how to build what we want that we might not already have. All right, I'll see you guys then. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple podcast.